Amen, amen. We're going to um, read the Word of God uh, this morning. It's so good to be back in the house uh, of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. We're going to be looking at uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Bear with me, I'm going to be jumping around in Scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 uh, and then going over to chapter 5 as well. We know when the Bible was written or when the letters were written, they had no chapters, though. so I won't, I'm not jumping around. Just because we've got chapters, it feels like I'm jumping around. But follow along with me, 2 Corinthians, we're going to be starting in chapter 4 and verse number 7. You know, in June 18th, 2023, uh, five people boarded on what they call a submersible. Um, And that is, um, it's a submarine type vehicle that is not fully autonomous, has to be connected to like a mothership, but they call it a submersible because it's like a small vessel. Uh, uh, June 18, 2023, five people boarded this submersible, one of them being the CEO of the company that made it, and four of them being a, a, a businessman and so on, and, uh, and people that paid for the privilege. Um, and what they planned to do was submerge deep down in the depths of the ocean to go and view the wreckage of the Titanic. Uh, this submersible was called the Titan. Uh, they went down there and the, the for, for argument's sake, the, the, the Titanic wreckage is about 3,800 meters below sea level. So you have to dive down deep. Uh, so that's what they wanted to do. So after about an hour and 45 minutes, uh, uh, the communication with this submarine was completely lost. They couldn't connect back to the mothership. They didn't know what was going on. And at that time, it was estimated that they uh, had gone down around 3,500 meters. It's a huge depth. And that's when they lost communication. Now, at that kind of depth, 3,500 meters, uh, the depth would have uh, put so much pressure on the submersible at that depth is about 351 kg per centimeter squared. And that might not mean anything to you, but right now what that means is uh, that is about 340 times the normal pressure we actually feel right now. We feel pressure right now because it's so light, we're used to it, but if you keep your arm up there for a while, you'll start to feel it get heavy. That's the normal pressure. At that devil, at, sorry, at that depth, they felt 340 times the amount of pressure we feel right now. So that is a lot of pressure. And as they were submerged, as they was uh, 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 down at that depth and uh, trying to stand that amount of pressure, what happened is the vessel imploded literally collapsed in on itself, uh, literally couldn't take the pressure. The pressure on the outside was too much uh, and it literally crushed uh, the submersible. All five people instantly lost their lives uh, because of the pressure that they had on the outside. And obviously that story is horrific. Uh, Many of you would have probably picked up it on the news and so on. But what I find fascinating is that at that depth and even lower... Animal, fish and life actually survives. They're going around 
doing their normal daily, trying to find food and so on. They're swimming around as nothing is happening. How are they able to withstand so much pressure on the outside? How are they able where this machine that was made from a material that's supposed to withstand the pressure couldn't hack it no more and was crushed? How are they able to swim with all that pressure on top of them and go around like it's normal? So I had to study this and I had to see what's going on and there's all sorts of physiological things happening but really to kind of summarise it they're able to withstand the outside pressure because they have an internal pressure that can withstand what's coming on the outside so when I looked at this I understood that they have something going on on the inside that is able to withstand the pressure from the outside and today I want to take that kind of a learning and preach a sermon of, sermon of entitled Inside Out. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 4 and skip through a verse of, uh, verses of Scripture. Just follow along with a screen or follow along in your Bible, if you will. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 7. The Bible says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse number eight, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Skipped over to verse number 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding external weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We skip over to chapter 5 and verse number 1. It says, For we know that our earthly house... This tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Skip over to verse number six there in chapter five. It says, so we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I want to look firstly with you at inside treasure. Paul says this. So Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth. And he's writing this. This is his second epistle to the church. And he starts off, or the part where we start off in our scripture, it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence and the of, may be of the power of God and not of us. Here we see Paul making a contrast. He says we have treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure we understand, we know is something of value, something to be cared for, something to be valued or something to be treasured. And we see this is what Paul is talking about when he's talking about the gospel or the kingdom of God. And we liking it to what Jesus said in Matthew 13 and 44 says that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over that, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He sells everything he has because he understands 
hands. The treasure is so valuable. All that I have is not worth the treasure that I found. So I'm willing to trade this in. So the kingdom of heaven, the substance of what Paul is saying is what we have is we, we have all this treasure. We have all this goodness, all this value. And where is it stored? It is stored in earthen vessels. The treasure is valuable. The earthen vessel is a complete contrast. You see, because in ancient Israel, earthenware was commonplace in every home. It was like clay pottery. It was easily kind of made. It was um, not durable like metal or other, uh, um, uh, other materials. Uh, it was useless if it was broken. If it was dropped, uh, that's it. It was useless. Like glass, if you smash it, you can bring the pieces together, melt it down and make something out of it. Uh, the clay pots, once it was smashed, that's it. Uh, so it was commonplace and it didn't have that much value. It was cheap. So here we're saying, or Paul is saying, we have all this treasure. Our text is saying the treasure we have, the valuable things, the kingdom of God, the word of God, the spirit of the living God. We have all this treasure locked up inside this earthen vessel, something that is cheap, literally small in value. And he's saying that the excellence and the power may be of God and not of us. In other words, it is what is on the inside that counts. Can you say amen in this place? It's what is on the inside that counts, or better yet, it's who is on the inside that counts. If you listen to the list of what Paul has said, he said, listen, we are hard pressed on every single side. He says, we are perplexed, we are persecuted, we are struck down. How many know life can deal out some things that will press you on every side? You feel suppressed, oppressed, depressed, all kind of pressed. Life can do that to you. Life can give you things where you are perplexed. You are struck down. How many know one phone call can change your whole life forever? One shock can get you feeling saying, God, why? How has this happened to me? Why did it have to happen this way? Paul is saying, we are doing this. We are going through life and sometimes we're going to experience that. It would be nice if you say it's just the experience of bad people, people who do wrong. That's when you experience the hard place but how many know sometimes good people experience some painful things in life good people walking down serving the Lord can experience painful pressures in life sometimes life can deal out things that will pressure you down and you feel like you're about to be crushed you feel like God this is too much for me to bear but Paul said yes I'm pressed on every single side hard pressed but yet I'm not crushed can you say amen in this place? I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. Thank you. God bless you. I'm struck down, but thank you, Jesus. I am not destroyed. And he's able to say that because of what he has stored on the inside. It's not because he's anything special. He's just an earthen vessel made with clay. But because of the treasure that is inside of him, because of the kingdom of God, because of the word of God. There is something inside of him. There is a pressure just like those animals in the deep sea have something inside to withstand the pressure that hands out. He's able to stand and live because of the pressure that he has inside of him. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 5 verse number 8. It says, your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion 
seeking him who may devour, seeking to put pressure on people, seeking to overwhelm people, seeking to pull people down. But the next verse says, resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. He's saying resist. There is a pressure that you can call on within you to resist the things that are happening on the outside. There is something that you can call on within to push against the pressure that's happening on the outside. I want to look secondly with you today about keeping your heart. You see, Paul in our text After all of that, he says, listen, I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. He says, listen, I am perplexed, but not in despair. I'm persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And here in verse number 16, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. You know, many of the the sad things I see in life is when I see people who have lost heart. People that have lost heart, you can see it in their face. People that have lost heart, you can see it in how they speak. People that have lost heart, you can see they don't enjoy things as they used to enjoy. But losing heart doesn't have to be your portion this morning. No matter what has happened, no matter what pressure is on the outside, you can indeed keep your heart. You can stay steadfast. Losing heart means being discouraged. Losing heart means you have literally given up. Losing heart means, listen, I'm not going to continue anymore. But this day... The message that God has for you this morning is that you don't have to lose heart. There is something that can keep you. There is something that can propel you. There is something that can allow you to rise up. In Proverbs 4, verse number 23, the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. It is an understanding to know. It is the heart that is able, if it's kept, to bring out the issues of life. Regardless of what happens on the outside, if you have a good inside, you're able to stand against the pressures of the world. He goes on to say, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And here we see another contrast Paul makes. The outward man versus the inward man, or the outward woman versus the inward woman. Paul says his outward man is perishing. That is the physical. That is the natural. That is the things that we can see here on earth. The things that we go through. He's talking about the temporal things. We read uh, uh, that we have an earthly house and it's this tent. We understand that will be destroyed. He's describing things that are seen. Things that are temporal, things that are not going to last forever. You know, sometimes uh, we look through life and, you know, it's the day in, day out. Every day I wake up, I go to sleep, I wake up. We feel that this, what we experience now is going to be forever. But Paul is saying this outwardness is perishing. This thing that we're, uh, we're having, this vehicle that we uh, inhabit right now is only dust. That's why God said to Adam, for dust you are and dust you shall return. That outward life that we see around us is actually perishing. Paul says the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How? By depositing something on the inside 
outside. If you spend time depositing things on the inside, you spend time feeding the Spirit, you spend time in His Word, spend time in communication with Him, then your inward person will be renewed day by day. Listen, as we get older, as things start to ache, as things start to hurt, yes, that's just the outwardness perishing, but the inward is getting stronger day by day. As long as you focus on things that are eternal and not spend too much time on things that are temporal, you shall be renewed day by day. The problem we see here in society is that people focus a large proportion of time on the outward man as opposed to the inward man. There's a large focus on what happens on the outside as opposed to the inside. You know, I read an article of a a bodybuilder. Um, He was 34 years old. And to be a bodybuilder, to be an athlete, uh, you literally have to uh, uh, like, like section everything off what you eat you have to be careful what you eat you have to be careful when you go sleep you have to work your body out exercise it take care of it all sorts of nutrients and all sorts of uh, you know everything just to make sure this thing and he was in his prime he was going to be Mr. Olympia but suddenly he lost his life 34 years old he stepped into eternity and surely people must have been thinking how did that happen Here is a physical specimen. Here is someone that's on the top of his game. He was focused so much on the outward. But what about the inside? What about the inward man? What about what happens on the inside? Many times we focus on the things that are natural, forgetting the things that are supernatural. Many times we focus on the outward, but forgetting the things that are on the inward. Do you know what we did today? We dedicated this young, precious daughter of ours. What we're also doing was we're dedicating the inward woman right there. We're praying for blessing over the outward. We're praying for blessing over the family, but we're dedicating the inward child to God. So that when this outward uh, person fails, when this outward uh, life kind of comes to an end, we have prepared, we have strengthened, we have renewed the inward that we can step into glory. Listen to 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 8. It says, bodily exercise profits a little. Listen, don't quit the gym. Come on now. Some of you may need to renew that gym membership. Come on. January is coming around, amen. Listen, everyone goes to the gym in January. I'll be one of those as well. Come on, let's go back to the gym. Let's get Max Exodus back to the gym. Come on now, we got to do that. It says bodily exercise, it profits. It does profit a little. It says, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having promise of the life that is now um, and, uh, that is now and, and of that which is to come. So we're not only considered are not only concerned with this life, although we should be, we have to be concerned with the life to come. We have to be concerned with what is going to be on the upside. We need to keep our heart. Don't lose heart if something happens on the external. Listen, it is all about the internal. As long as you keep up the internal pressure, listen, you'll be able to withstand the external. The reason why that submarine collapsed on itself is because 
because there was not enough pressure on the inside to withstand what was happening on the outside. Listen, we are here. We're going to go through some things. We're going to experience some things. And if there's not enough on the inside, things of life are likely to take you out and take you into a dark place. But if you fill yourself with the Spirit of the living God, listen, doesn't matter what happens on the outside, you can say, I will stand. I will be just like the tree that's planted by the waterside. You need to understand that pressure is coming. For those of you to say, listen, come to Jesus. Your life would be easy. That's not biblical. Listen, come to Jesus. What you're doing is you're preparing on the inside to withstand the pressure that's going to come on the outside. So when things take people away, listen, you need to stand up strong. You know, over this week, as most of you would know, this has been a hard week for me and my family to bear. But I held on to the Word of God. I held on to something on the inside that though I may not see my mum in the natural right here anymore, there's going to come a time I'm going to step into eternity and run into our arms again. We're going to see that. Can you say amen in this place? We have to understand it's the inside. Don't be too concerned with the outside. Don't be too, too concerned with the outward man because the outward man is perishing. Our job is to renew the inward man day by day. Oh, you can be renewed every single day. Day by day, though you may be getting older, things may be creaking now, things may be cracking now, maybe a few more appointments at the GP, but the inside, come on, you are being renewed. Can you say amen in this place? Come on, you are being renewed. And it's not about the outside, it's about the inside. Jesus said this in Matthew 15 and verse number 11. It says, Not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. So here Jesus is talking about the inside out. It's all about what we do on the inside. We need to understand that it's all about the inside. Earlier in our chapter, Chapter 4 in our text in 2 Corinthians, we read this in verse number 1. It says, Since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of of God. He's saying we don't lose heart and we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handing the word of God deceitfully. So here he's saying, I'm not giving up. I'm not losing heart, but I've also put aside uh, the, the wiles of the enemy or put aside craftiness or the things which are hidden and in shame, the things that are, are not going to renew me day by day. Listen, we need to focus on being renewed because there's so many things that can sap out our energy. There's so many things in this world that are designed to take out your strength designed to take out the power from the inside. But we need to be focused on the inside out so that we can withstand the pressure that comes and not be succumbed to the pressure. I want to look finally with you um, as we close in this text at being present in the absence. In verse number six of our text, he says this, So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse number seven, for we walk by faith and not by sight. 
We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body yeah, and to be present with the Lord. You know, when we concern ourselves with the inside, we concern ourselves with the inward person, eh? this is when we can be confident that when we're absent from the outward person, we'll be present with the Lord. And that's why the Bible says that when we sorrow, we shouldn't sorrow as people that have no hope. Because we understand that as we renew the inward person, when this outward person, when we put off the tent or, or take off a corruptible, we're going to put on incorruptible. We put off more morality. We're going to put on sorry, mortality. We're going to put on immortality. We're going to understand that, but we're not only going to be present with the Lord if we renew the inward person day by day. We're going to be present with the Lord if we take care of what we do with the inside. We're going to be present with the Lord if we do what's necessary to be renewed. The Bible says we shouldn't be conformed to this world. We'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I love that word renewing. It's something that is continual. And this, in order to have a presence with the Lord, we need to have a continual focus on the inside. You know, the viewpoint, you know, one of the things, there's many things, you know, that come across in the Word of God. In, uh, in the Bible, in um, Ecclesiastes, I believe it is, uh, um, uh, the, the writer is talking about spending time in funerals. I'm like, why would I want to spend time in funerals? What's that all about? Why would you want to do that? Because what he's saying is, he's understanding when you see that actually happens, you, you get the realisation that we're not going to last forever. It gives you an understanding of what is actually valuable in this world. Come on, the things, we sometimes we get our values mixed up. Sometimes we get upset about so many things. We get upset about, ah, oh, I didn't have this. My coffee was, was lukewarm. Should have been piping hot. So I, 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 want, I wanted the blue trousers. You got me the black trousers. What's, and sometimes we get so upset. But when you realise, when you see where we're all heading, we have to understand, actually, I remember what's valuable in life again. I remember it is to renew the inward man so that when this happens to all of us, the Bible says it's appointed for man to die. In other words, there is an appointment that all of us are going to have. We're going to have this appointment. Are you ready for that appointment? It says it's appointed for man to die. We're all going to do that. Is your inward person strong enough to withstand that so that when we die, we can be present with the Lord, as Paul has said. We can be present with him in glory. We need to understand the hope that we have. If that inward man is filled and strong, come on, death doesn't have a sting anymore. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, if we understand and put some focus on the inward man, nothing can take us away from what God has prepared for us. That's why we do what we do every week here in this congregation is to get people to renew the inward man. Listen, I will pray for you to get that job. I will pray for for you to be healed of sickness. I will pray for provision. Yes, I will do all those things, but you better not make you better make sure that the inward man is being
being renewed day by day because at the end of the day, that's all that's going to count. Nothing else is going to matter. We need to make sure that the inward man is being renewed day by day. When was the last time we spend time with Jesus? Just you and Jesus in your prayer closet. When was the last time we spent time in Scriptures understanding the love letter that He wrote to us? When was the last time we said, you know, I'm going to put aside the plate, put aside the food and just be with my Lord. We need to understand we need time to focus on the inward man because the outward man is perishing. But the inward man needs to be renewed day by day. And as the inward man is renewed day by day, we can be confident and well pleased rather to be absent from this body and be present with the Lord. You know, as I thought about my whole ministry, it all comes down to this, getting people ready to be present with the Lord. Nobody knows the day or the hour that we're going to slip into eternity or the day or the hour that Jesus Christ is going to come back. So our job is to live this life, yes, is to to be a a man or woman of God that he's called us to be, but really to make sure the inward man or the inward woman is getting the nutrients that they deserve. So when that day comes, we can step into glory. We can walk into the place that Jesus Christ has been preparing for us. We can go into destiny and take as many people with us as possible. We need to have an intensity. We need to have an urgency in all that we're doing. And it comes from the inside out. Many times people want to change the external, change the, oh, can you take me out of this? No, 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 no. Forget the external. Focus on the internal. And then when the pressure comes in, you can say like, Paul, I'm pressed, hard pressed on every single side, but I'm not crushed. By the glory of God, we're going to do that. We're going to focus on the inward person. Listen, we are a couple of weeks away from entering into another year. By the grace of God, we will enter into 2024. And as we do that, we're going to enter in and have victory in every single outcome of life. It doesn't mean everything's going to go well for us, but no, the internal, listen, it's going to be victory. When the rain comes, it's going to be victory. When the sun is shining, it's going to be victory. When people come around us, it's going to be victory. When people all leave us, it's going to be victory. Can you say amen in this place? Let's focus on the inside out. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Inside out.